This time on Holy Ghost Notes. I would bomb. Oh, shoot. You should be a little bit faster with your double kick. I raised you right. I'm not sure if it makes me feel any better, but but I, <laughs> you're right. Hi, you're listening to Holy Ghost Notes. My name is Matt, and we have Tim Anderson here. Yo, yo. What's good in the hood? Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Right yeah. off the start, I'll just say thank you. Thank you. Um, there are a lot of podcasts out there you could be listening to, and we're honored you're listening to this one. If it's your first time listening to Holy Ghost Notes, um, we talk about two things that Tim and I care a lot about, mm-hmm. drumming and God or faith, deeper, profound issues that maybe we're dealing with, struggling with, have questions about. Uh, we have actually a, a whole community of people yes, yes. Uh, called the Inner Circle who also discuss those topics and mm-hmm. um, just sort of becomes a conversation after the episode. That's right. So the other thing I'll add to that is if it's your first time listening, I met Tim a long time ago and, and we've done some work together, um, some ministry work together, some some nonprofit work together. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years went by and uh, we didn't talk as much. And then... <laughs> and then we talked a lot. <laughs> and then we started talking a lot. <laughs> and we haven't stopped, actually. So um you can't get us to stop we've, talking. We've had it's crazy. <laughs> had this had this podcast for over fifty episodes now, and uh we're just really grateful to to be here mm-hmm. and be able to have a space where we can record our conversations and um hopefully hear back from a lot of you about what we're talking about. Yeah. So I'm obviously uh, a drummer first and then a, a lot of other things second. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I'm known. And and Tim is also a drummer but maybe not um first and foremost in the yeah, eyes not of so much anymore. a lot of people. So um Tim Tim works in the business world, the marketing world and so our our talents have synced <laughs> quite yes. well. Actually, yeah. right? Yeah, it's kind of wild, actually, how uh, two homeschooled kids, two homeschooled church kids, <laughs> yeah, went on to both pursue music um, in a similar enough vein. I'm not in the metal yeah. vein, but, you know, rock at that, you know, uh, and then, um, you know, talk about God and family. You know, we both unlike a lot of people who grew up in the church have uh, kept faith as an important aspect of our lives. And um, yeah, it's cool just uh, having these conversations from a place of relatability, but also, you know, you've done different things with your life, met different people, had different experiences. So you have a perspective that's completely your own. And I have a perspective Mm. that's completely my own. And True. Yeah, a, mer- a merge of of talent and perspective and background. It's a special thing. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And Tim and I don't agree on everything. Oh, there there for sure, are, yeah. uh, there are a couple things that we just don't address or talk about a whole lot because um, actually the purpose of this podcast it's not that we've had to say this before, but it's it's um, what are some areas in our lives that we see eye to eye on enough so right mm-hmm. that we can ask questions about it yeah uh there are there are certain things in life I've, I've found in my friendships with people whether it's people in my band or friends or family um that you just know you're not going to make a lot of ground sure you're, you're 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 not going to be able to have a conversation that is is positive helpful um or going to just 
accomplish anything in the end. And right. so I found that, you know, a lot of things in life are about timing. So right now might not be a good time to talk about that one thing or those things, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of other things that we can talk about. Yeah. And, and if you can, if you can, um, if you can work that ground to use a farmer metaphor, if you can sort of, sort of nurture the relationship and grow the relationship and build a foundation, then you will be able to talk about those other things that are difficult, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. you've you, you've built a friendship, a relationship, right. and and you can talk about the the conflict and the difficult things um, because there's there's strength to the relationship. Yeah. There's something that can hold that conflict up. Um, and so Tim and I, without ever really like we've never actually talked about this, but there are certain things that maybe we're just not going to talk about uh, sure. on the podcast because um, we're not there. It's yeah. it's not it's not the right time, and it's not going to be helpful or productive. There are so many things we can talk about. Yeah, and um, I find that pretty pretty neat about having a podcast with someone else. I'd be curious to know what other people that have co-hosts have to say about that, because obviously yeah. you're never going to agree with someone else on every single topic. That's true. That's true. Like I don't even bring up the fact that you should be a little bit faster with your double kick because I know it's not going right. to actually go anywhere. It's never <laughs> like, going to go anywhere. It's not. We're I just going to hit a wall. We're going to fight about <laughs> it, and you're going to be right. I mean, <laughs> says the guy who I, can't even really do double kick. <laughs> I can't. Like, <laughs> I have one. I guess that's qualifies yeah. me. I don't know. <laughs> I bet you could play double bass better than. Man, I'm just gonna throw a number out there, but I feel like I'm, I think I feel like uh, it, it's an underwhelming number. I feel like if you if you pull someone out of the crowd, um, I I would say ninety. I'm gonna be a little ambitious. Eight percent, ninety eight percent of the time, your double bass is better than theirs. That's that's uh, that's swinging for the for the fences. I think a little bit, dude. But. Think about think about going to like a high school football game, mm-hmm. pre COVID. And it's packed, two thousand yeah. people. And you pull, you pull a uh, hundred people from that two thousand person pool, right? Oh, so you're saying ninety-eight percent of, of can... people, not necessarily drummers, but people. Oh yeah, people. Okay, okay. People. I could, I, people. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. most people aren't drummers, <laughs> so <laughs> I guess you're right. You're right about that. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I'm not sure if yeah, it makes but, you I feel mean... any better, but but I, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually made you feel worse. You're like, it's not 99.999. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, 2%, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of just like your average every day. I do have a funny story, though, and it's, it's so I, I guess really what it depends on is what we're measuring against, right? Are we measuring speed or accuracy? Because they're two very different right. things. Um, and, and it was funny. I, I learned this in Nashville, um, actually, when I was, you know, recording in a studio and this drummer came in, um, and I had my double kick set up, and he's like, "Oh, cool! You have a double kick. I've never played on a double kick before." So I was like, "Let's, you know, let's see what you got." And so he sat down, and he just started playing. This dude's an incredible drummer as it is, but um, for like first time on the double kick, and it sounds great because he's able to keep time with his left foot, you know, and so like he's always, you know, uh, using his hi hat to keep time. And so he just gets on the double kick, and it's basically just drumming for him, 
and he's uh-huh. super on, you know, on with the click, and <laughs> so he's just messing around, and I'm like, <laughs> he's already better. Like I've had this pedal, and I've been trying to learn double kick, and he just gets on first time ever is yeah. better than me. Yeah. But that I think mm-hmm. that goes to show you, like it's not all about just practicing on the double kick. It, it's everything, you know. It's your internal clock. It's your, uh, you know, everything goes into it. So true, true. Your a, technique. Yeah, eye opening moment for me. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I was thinking about that this morning. Uh, I was thinking about double bass this morning. I'm doing a project right now with Aaron Spears and Kaz Rodriguez. And, um, that's cool. And I was just thinking about Aaron and, and his plane, and I'm like, huh, Aaron's never got into double bass. Mm, yeah. Have you thought about that? Like, yeah, he's, true. He's never, he's never, I've never seen him play double bass. His single's and so I think, quick, um, He's he's super fast, but he at some point had to make the decision, right? Mm -hmm. To be like, I'm not going to start learning that. Right. Because at at some point, like you have to deviate from what you're used to and like work on this other thing that a lot of people are doing. Yeah. And at some point he just had to make the decision. And of course it's worked out very well for him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Certain styles don't really require it, you know? Yeah. Um, I actually removed it at one point when I was playing a lot of shows um, just because I didn't even want to feel like I could cheat on some of the things that I should be able yeah. to do with my single. And so I got rid of it, and, and it was really a, actually a good thing for me in the long run, um, even though I wasn't practicing on double bass as much. But I was like, it's, it's all a focus thing. You know, you just have to realize, you know, what are you playing, what's needed, and focus on, on perfecting those things. Um, and even before double yeah, kick in true. every every sense, as a drummer, as a metal drummer, even, and you would agree with yeah. this, you know, there's other rudimentary things that need to be focused on prior to mm-hmm. getting fast or accurate on a double pedal, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. it's yeah, it, for sure, it does define the style a little bit, but it's if you're not tight and you know proficient in other areas, then it's not going to sound good, regardless. So yeah, it's true. I mean. That's it's just a whole other ball game. Yeah, having a double bass pedal. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, well, it's side good tangent. stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, today we have a really cool episode for you guys. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, the the drum topic is gear, mm-hmm. drum gear, and um, admittedly, this is something that I came up with because I was just thinking about uh, the fact that I've been I've been playing for twenty years now. And uh, I recently thought about the fact that I've been playing for 20 years, right? So if you're mm-hmm. listening to this and you're like, I've only been playing a year, um, hopefully one day comes and you're like, oh, I've been playing for 20. Yeah. And it's it's, and then maybe you've been playing for 40 years and you look back on the gear you had in the beginning. It's it's neat to think about what you used in the beginning and what 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 worked for you. Mm-hmm. You know what you learned on, what you believed in, what you could have, what you could afford. Yeah. <laughs> what you thought looked cool. Um, Maybe sponsorships played into it. Maybe it didn't. Maybe you looked up to an artist and they played a certain hi-hat or, or snare and you're like, I want that. Uh, so I, I think that stuff's really neat to think about um, because yeah. you were a beginner at one time too. And as an artist um, who is sponsored and is playing, is basically an ambassador for these companies, the goal of signing me and, and investing into my career through their products is the hope that I'll sell product for them that I'll influence someone to buy their gear. Mm -hmm. And so as I look back, it's like, well, what worked for me? Um, And the, the, the whole idea of this talking about drum gear today comes from Jordan Mancino from Asley Dine, him playing a DW kit. 
So we'll get into that. Um, and then the faith topic today um, is seasons of life or seasons in life mm-hmm. and uh, just how we can all relate to this idea of like we're in a really difficult season right now, but we know that there are good seasons ahead mm-hmm. um, and that you don't live in one place forever. So um, good episode today. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about those two things. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So for gear, you know, we've we've talked a little bit about what we use. I think uh, I think our gear episode was actually as simple as that, just literally what we use. So yeah. um, I think we want to deep dive a little bit more into not just what we use, but why we use it, and um, and maybe some cool pieces of gear that we use um, that you guys might not know about. Mm-hmm. So sure, yeah. yeah. So let's get right into it. Um, so I'll just start with this Jordan Mancino. Uh, story. So, um, I was on tour with Jordan in 2008 and I had, I had always looked up to Jordan. I, I had always liked Ezra Dine. They were a metal band that when I first heard, heard their music and heard Jordan's drumming, it was like my dream style. Like I listened to his parts and they sounded catchy and difficult mm-hmm. and fast just just fast and powerful that's the other yeah. thing and so um i had first seen Esley dying in 2000 it was either 2001 or 2002 a bunch of friends and i drove out to cornerstone which was in illinois there's a big christian festival and we saw Esley dying perform in a tent i was fortunate enough to sneak around to the back of the tent I should tell Jordan about this, actually. It's kind of funny to think about now. But I, I, like, snuck to the back of the tent. The back of the tent was open because, of course, it's a summer festival and it's really hot. Um, everything smells like grass because it's all these tents are set up in grass and you have people moshing and walking. Mm. Man, I could just picture the way it looked and I can smell the way it smelled. It was such a pivotal time in my life. And Jordan was one of the first drummers I saw play metal in person like mm-hmm. like real metal yeah i'd seen pod you know i'd seen um i i'd seen that that genre at some of the more tame christian festivals but i had never seen anything like Esley nine mm. in person and i i snuck around to the back of this tent and i watched him play 94 hours um and you know how it gets to that to that one part where it's it's probably 200 bpm and the riff is just straight up catchy you know, metal riff and Jordan's just for like eight bars. It's it's like a long double bass section. I saw him do that and he was doing the hair NATO. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I fell in love with, with uh, metal drumming Um, for maybe the first time in that way. Like that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So of course, when you see someone perform at that level, um, it grabs you and you think, okay, well if that person believes in that gear, so can I. You know, yeah, yeah. it affirms the fact that that gear is good. If that person is that good at what they're doing and they're choosing that gear, I'll choose it too. Mm-hmm. If it works for them, it can work for me. And so, um, at that time, he was playing Truth, actually. Okay. And um, I had uh, just signed a Truth, and so I felt really good about my decision. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, not long after that, we toured with them, and this is like I said, in, in um, or I'm sorry, I'm gonna go back. That's 2001. Um, August Men's Red wasn't even a thing yet. I signed to Truth in 2007, and I had seen him play again, and he was with Truth. 
So um, 2008, we toured with him. And then again in 2010, and he was playing for, for DW Drums. And I, I will never forget looking up on stage. I'm setting up my drums on the floor before the show, and um, he's sound checking. And the way drums, his drums sounded, the way they looked, yeah, it's like DW's the Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And um, so I signed in 2013, and like maybe one of the most important aspects to me was the fact that Jordan played them. Aaron Spears played DW at the time too. So sponsorships um, worked for me. Like it, I wanted to be playing DW because I watched Jordan play DW and I remember how good it sounded and how good it looked. Like it just, I wanted to be there. Um, so my, my favorite, um, my favorite memory of like, I want that drum set is that memory from 2008, 2001 cornerstone, 2008 on tour. And then when I got my kit in 2013, yeah, crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm still playing DW. Uh, I actually just re-signed a contract with them like right before we push record on this. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, um, it's been eight, eight or so years. Um, I I I like DW a lot, um, and I I think that they're still one of the best companies out there, and I like working with them. Yeah. Um, underneath of all of that is like the idea that I I hope to be a Jordan to somebody else. Like mm. I I told this to DW the other day on the phone to the gentleman I work with over there. I was like, I told him the Jordan story, and I was like, I I just hope that. I can be that for you guys because it worked for me. Yeah. Like I wanted to play this company, this company's drums because of this guy. So I want to be that. And so we kind of talked about ways that, that we can work towards that. Like how can I be that for DW? How can we be working together? Mm-hmm. Um, so DW drums, uh, Zildjian cymbals, not much of a backstory there besides the <laughs> fact that yeah. I thought Zildjian was the best. I've yeah. always thought they were the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I play uh, Vic for a sticks. So I have a signature stick. I'm actually currently um, trying out the uh, the rock stick though. Oh, cool! If you're watching video, yeah, I saw something about that. That's cool. It's a it's a big stick, but yeah. um, I like the weight on the front end and um, doing doing the type of practicing I'm doing right now. I like the heavier stick. Uh, and then I was with Evans in the beginning. I went to Remo, and now I'm back with Evans. And that's, I love, that's saying something. I love Evans, man. Yeah, I'm so I'm really happy with the consistency in their heads. And when I when you find the the right head for your drums, like it's it's hard to leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I've settled into Evans, I've I found the right found the right heads for toms. I use clear G twos, mm-hmm. and then I use the heavyweight coated on snare, and of course the Emad on kick. I and got then, a funny um, story, but I'll, I'll explain later. For those of you that can't see what I'm doing, oh, yeah. uh, okay. Evan's G2 clear right here. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I'll, cool. explain, I'll explain it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear that. All right. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then as far as in-ears, I've been using Ultimate Ears since um, 2007. I, for a long time, we didn't use a click track in the band. Um, we would just <laughs> we'd put earplugs in, just you know, try to, try to keep some of the noise down we didn't play to a click. There was none of that. And, uh, 
And then eventually we wanted to start keeping our tempos consistent because smaller the venue, faster I played, bigger the venue, slower I played. It was frustrating for myself and everyone else on on stage and probably Mm -hmm. fans too. (laughs) And so um, I bought a pair of Ultimate Ears UE7s. I remember I remember paying for them and everything. Like this is a big investment. This is weird. I have to go to the audiologist and get my ears molded. Like that's 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 crazy. This is yeah. really techy. This is mm-hmm. cool. I can't wait for these, you know, and send in the molds and I got the ears back and put them in and just like boom, sound isolated. I don't hear too much outside. I can hear just enough, but I don't have to turn my volume up too loud because I have a good seal and yeah, um, changed the game for me. So I'm still with Ultimate Ears 14 years later and I'm playing the UE Lives, which are a little bit more uh, ambient. There's a little bit more, there's a little more feel. Yeah. A little more rock and roll. It's less like um, dry, clear cut. Do you like them better than the 18s? You had the 18s before, right? Yeah, I like them a little better. Okay. The 18s were a little bit clearer. Okay, yeah. I would say there was there was more clarity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm the kind of drummer where I'll, I'll overthink things sometimes. And if I'm only hearing one thing or I hear something, sounds kind of weird, but like too clearly, mm-hmm. <laughs> I it doesn't serve me well. Like it actually yeah. is a disservice to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess underneath of everything like the basis for everything is is the hardware right i use dw i've been using the 9000 xf pedals for a long time and i love these pedals i was just telling my girlfriend the other day last week that i had a breakthrough recently with double bass Hmm. it was weird and i don't know of a better word to use than breakthrough um epiphany maybe but it was more than just an idea because it was an actual thing that happened too. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. physically something happened and mentally something happened at the same time. So I was playing this pretty fast part. I was practicing uh around like two two oh five, um, which is which is quick for me. And I I looked down on my left leg. I actually lead left like with my left leg and I looked down and I saw my ankle moving. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that that feels good. I'm loose. And then I, I felt my my leg loosen up and move start to move slightly up and down in conjunction with my ankle movement. Yeah. So it was like ankles moving and leg and leg is moving instead of it just being ankle and instead of it just being leg. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I thought in my head, wait, my leg will give will provide the the, the motion and my ankle will provide the fulcrum. Mm-hmm. for the motion right and like while i thought it i was doing it and i i felt so good and confident and smooth and consistent with my double bass i was like man whatever just happened is huge and i hope it still happens like tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that's the scariest thing when you get off the kit you're like i hope i could do this again <laughs> i know that's it's what i just thought just a good day I- yeah I know, and then I practiced the next day, and I didn't feel as good. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I really, yeah. I really didn't. Uh, oh, I don't. Uh, it's it's scary. And if you're a drummer, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not a drummer, you might think like, "Wait, what?" Like once you have it, you have it, right? And yeah, that's not the case. It's it's not the case. But the the pedals, these pedals are just great. Um, I would say number one, they're just 
durable. Like I can trust them. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of them breaking. And man, what a scary thought to think of being mid-show and like in the middle of a metal show and your pedals break. It, mm. It's happened, but very rarely. Yeah. So um, that's pretty much my gear breakdown and also a little bit of like what what got me into playing what I played. Um, I wanted to touch on the sponsorship aspect a little bit, especially with Jordan, mm -hmm. because um, that was really important to me. Um, yeah. And maybe some of you listening had an experience like that where you saw someone playing something and and you were like, man, that is incredible, and I really want that thing. Uh, and recently, going back after you know playing for 20 years, going back and looking at what I played in the beginning was kind of eye-opening, so I, I recommend doing that if you haven't. Yeah. You haven't gone back to your first setup. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. So what you were just saying about the... Um like weight, you know, lifting your leg and using your ankle just reminded yeah. me of the conversation that we had. I b believe it was brought on by a conversation you had with uh, Dave Elich um, about not fighting yourself, you know, where oh, yeah. post posture and muscle memory and, you know, playing True. into the way that, you know, gravity and friction and the way that your joints work is like, mm -hmm. you know, the best way that you can improve yourself. Um, and so that's like a huge, that's like a point in and of itself. So I don't want to go into that because that's not what we're talking about right now. But yeah. um, it is cool that like even at your level, and you said you're, you know, you're celebrating 20 years of drumming, you know, this year, yeah. and um, you're still learning stuff like that, you know? So like, <laughs> like that's so cool to me. I mean, that's what this mm -hmm. is all about. It's like, mm -hmm. it's such a challenging instrument to play. And there's always ways to improve, and there's always things to learn, and and it's just it's cool hearing that right from from you, who many uh, many people include, uh, probably most of the people listening would consider you the master of this craft, um, you know. Dave so. Elitch has this thing called uh, "Get Out of Your Own Way" or "Getting mm -hmm. Out of Your Own Way." Yeah, and that's to your point. That's what he talks about, and I don't know how to sum it up any better than that. Like. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was getting in my way, in my own way, by doing right. all these other things. Like, this why, is how why my joint joint works. I should probably right. like utilize it the way it's supposed right. to be used. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't do don't do the don't do all the other things that get in your way. But for some reason, you've been doing those <laughs> yeah. things for twenty yeah. years. It's you know? it's shocking to me. I mean, everyone has their own way of drumming. I don't want to knock anybody, but sometimes I'll see these drummers and they're so stiff. Yeah. And I'm just like, you are trying so hard to play this thing that you're playing. And yeah, it sounds good. You're great at it. It's kind of like like if you see someone bowl and they have the worst form ever, but they're still getting strikes. <laughs> it's like you can do so much more easily, but it's okay. Uh, I've been but, watching some bowling recently, wild. so I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> my grandpa taught me how to bowl. I'm not good at bowling, but my grandpa taught me how to bowl when I was younger. And, he, you know, he, he taught me the form and what you're supposed to do. And then, you know, um, I'll go and bowl with my mother-in-law. She's in a league. Uh, she doesn't oh, bowl. She doesn't bowl the way she's supposed to. She walks right up to the line and then lifts her arm back and then just releases. That's what and I do. she gets strikes. She's, <laughs> she beats me. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I've been, like, practicing this form that my grandpa taught me. This is the way yeah. you're supposed to bowl, and yeah. she's still better than me at bowling. But uh, that's just, you know, that's just how it is. It's the same thing with drumming, I guess. You know, there's there's definitely yeah. workarounds. Um, but I can say as far like, if you're struggling with something, 
you know, uh, I would say the place to start for improvement is just look at how you're doing it. Matt gave the advice of watching yourself in a mirror. I think that's a really good way. If you're seeing yourself tensing up and you're, you know, you're not using your wrist, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like that's a good indication that you could mm-hmm. probably play this a little easier and actually increase in your speed and your stamina um, just by using your wrist a little bit instead. Yeah. Um, so I, right. I'm guilty of this too. Like I, I do stuff. I, I fight my, my body all the time. But yeah. anyway, back to gear. Um, I probably should have went first because now it's just going to sound like I'm copying Matt. <laughs> but I've actually been playing DW for longer than Matt, so I'm That's not. True. I'm not. But uh, I will say, Matt, um, did you, you just sign that... a contract today? <laughs> no, I have no contract. I paid with my own money. We um, should get you a contract. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure lots of people would play because they see me in my drum room uh, playing DW. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, on that note, I I I've never played Truth, but I wanted to play Truth for the longest time. Yeah. because of you and Aaron Gillespie. So that influencer, I mean, I'm in marketing, so influencer marketing is is huge. It works 100%. It um, but I will say you you are someone who who made me want to play Truth. I saw you playing it. I was like, all right, right off the bat, I trust this company because Matt's playing it. Yeah. Um, and then Aaron was playing it on top of it, and I was like, I want to play Truth. But never yeah. did. Um, my DW story is a little different. I um, I was playing Gretsch for a while. Um, and I loved Gretsch. Yeah. Um, That's who Aaron I, plays now. Does he? Right? It's, I think Aaron, it, yeah. I think Aaron plays Gretsch. I know Gretsch. Ash Sohn plays Gretsch. Um, yeah. Which, but, uh, so I, I played Gretsch for a really long time. Great, great drums. Um, yeah. But I mm. was playing all these shows as, a, as an opening act or, you know, direct support. And so I was always forced to use the backline kit. Mm-hmm. At good venues, the backline kit is DW. Yeah. Um, and so I played DW kits, and and almost every time I was like, this kit sounds better than my kit. Like, give me a backline kit any day. It's a you know if it's a DW, like <laughs> I'll play DW over my you know. So that actually ultimately uh, caused the switch for me um, from Gretsch to DW. Um, I didn't think I'd ever ever be able to afford one, but I was working at Guitar Center and. Um, I saw the one that I wanted. It's like a like a pearl white kit, and mm. my band at the time had this like white thing going. Like all their cabs were white. Yeah. Um, I was like, this is perfect for me. So I I, I bought it and uh, been playing it ever since. It's a great it's a great kit. And then that actually influenced my my head choice as well. I was an Evans guy. Um, I loved the Evans Emad kick. It's the best, in my opinion, it's the best uh, bass drum head you can buy, uh, batter head at least. Um, And so, uh, so, but the DW kit, uh, I guess DW has a has a um, a a contract with Remo, so all their kits come custom with Remo heads, and Remo actually has a custom DW head. Right. Um, that they cr- that they make um, with uh, it's like partially coated. There's like a rim of coating around it. Um, so I switched to Remo because I was like, wow, these heads sound great. Like, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but uh, more and more recently, I've just been, like, remembering how good the Evans sounded. So I so I, I showed you this this box, this Evans box before. The 12-inch, yeah. It's Yeah, so I actually have the 12, uh, you know, the 13 for the snare, the 16, um, and then I have the EMAD for the kick. So I right now I have Remos on, Remo Emperors. Um, I have the Black Suede. Okay. Um, but I'm actually going to be switching them out to Evans, and oh, I'm going to give them a go and see. Because I really, I mean, both both brands are incredible. 
Yeah. It, you can pick either one of them up and you're going to be happy. Um, I switched my snare head to Remo Black Suede because um, Evans had this, uh, it's the Onyx head, which mm-hmm. is a black coated, uh, it's like a, you know, two ply black coated uh, snare head. And, um, and I loved that for my snare, but then it wasn't as easily accessible. But now with Amazon, everything Evans is right at my fingertips, two day shipping. <laughs> you know, like so. So that kind of like influenced my switch back to to Evans. So I'm I'm excited. You to should see record how a drum beat, drum fill, drum beat like A B A B pattern. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be fun, actually. I could I like, should do that. Don't don't mix them. Just like leave them real dry and yeah. um, play exactly the same part, same mm-hmm. velocities, same tempo. I, should I would do be that. curious to see and try try to tune them like. Get a tune bot and try to tune them the same frequencies yeah. or pretty close. So the only issue is that right now I have um, I have Remo black suede's on all the toms, and so okay. these are coated tom heads right now, and oh. I'd be switching to clear. So they're going to be different in in tone just well, because okay. it's coated versus clear. But I should do something like a comparison uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. And you then should. Zildjian, just do yeah, sorry, just do but, like a like a like a thirty second like you know 30 seconds of what you have on now versus 30 seconds of of the evidence i would be curious just to hear even like from the coded to the clear what the difference will be true true it's gonna be that would be interesting i should do that and i have all the same mics like you know placed the same exact way on mounts and everything so not there's really nothing that's going to change the room sounds the same so yeah i should i should do that that's a great idea for sure um yeah and then um for symbols zildjian um, I don't really know what made me choose Zildjian. I think I, I had a – someone gave me, like, an old Sabian symbol when I was younger, and I yeah. hated it because it yeah. was used, and it wasn't, like, their top model, so I don't want to It was like Sabian a B8 either. or something. Yeah, it was, like – it was something cheap, a and, sheet symbol. and I hated it. And so then I had a Zildjian symbol, and I guess it was a little higher level. I don't know. It wasn't a custom series. It was, like, probably just, like, an A, yeah. um, an A crash or something like that. And and I it was so nice-sounding, and I was like, oh, it's better than Sabian just because of that bad comparison. Um, but I've been playing them ever since. And at this point I don't have the money to switch <laughs> to another brand, but I'm really so happy expensive. with Zildjian. I love their, uh, their K custom series and, uh, their a custom series. All my yeah. crashes are a custom. And then I have the, the K hybrid, uh, ride the K custom mm-hmm. hybrid ride. And then the K dark, uh, the custom dark hi hats are like so crisp. So clear. Where's your blast bell, man. My blast bell. I don't have one. I actually, I do have a um, an ef- a couple effects splashes that I was using. Like the, uh, forget what the model is, but uh, I need a blast bell. I don't do much with bells. I had a Zill bell, um, but as far as like, you want if you want something to cut through the mix, it definitely does it, but for like ten seconds. <laughs> so I took that off pretty quickly, and I just used the the ride bell. Yeah, but. you need a whole roll of tape on the Zill bell. Yeah. It will ring. Oh my god, it's gosh. still ringing. You hit oh, it four years ago, ringing, yeah. and it's still ringing. I, I hear had to it like hide bit. it under a pillow in my house because it just kept going. <laughs> but <laughs> that ringing in your ears is not. Because you didn't wear earplugs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's your Zill bell. <laughs> uh, it's not from years of playing drums. It's just from that, that exactly. one bell. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you blast bell. The blast it bell. Only rings, it only rings a couple seconds. What is the decay on? It's a, a couple seconds? Uh, it's probably longer than that. Well, let me see. Okay. I'd say like six seconds of like actual real 
crisp. Like that, the six seconds is what's going to cut through everything else. Yep. That's do you way like better. It? I do. I like it better you... than the 10 seconds. I, I don't have a real need for bells yeah. because I don't really play anything that, that requires it. But that's tempting just because it would be nice to have the option and would something you that I don't have to mix out. a blast bell just because it rings for six seconds? <laughs> I'll, I'll buy a blast bell because if someone sees me playing it, they might buy more for you. Oh, that is that is really nice. Are of you, you signing? Are you signing blast bell uh, endorsements? <laughs> endorsements? Absolutely I'll not. I'll be I'll be a blast <laughs> I'll be a blast bell artist for you, Matt. <laughs> we aren't accepting any of those, um, but I'm glad no. you like it. Um, yeah, no, it's cool. That that was my complaint with the Zilbel too. It's the Zilbel is not a good effect symbol, and yeah. um, it's because it it rings. It's so thick. Yeah, it's, it's so huge. thick, and it just rings forever and ever. Yeah, uh, it's just I I knew what you were going to say about it before you even said it because <laughs> yeah. that's I talk about this with Adam Gray sometimes the Zillbell oh yeah just goes, get the gaff tape out yeah yeah <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> I do have this cool um it's a uh, an EFX uh you can't see it but it's oh yeah those right are here. cool um it's an A custom EFX 17 inch and it has like the holes cut out um and I I bought it because I played one. Uh, I was vacationing in Nashville and went to this um, killer drum shop, and uh, they had everything drums, um, everything yeah. you could think of, every single cymbal. And I'd been wanting to try one for a while, so I tried it, played around with it, and ended up buying one. So that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, Zildjian, Zildjian all the way. Um, I don't think I'd ever look to any other cymbal company. Um, I've I've had like requests from people, or, you know, companies that have reached out wanting me to endorse their symbols, nothing like Sabian or Minel or anything like that, but smaller level ones. And I just like, even the the incentive of cheap or free symbols, for me, there's like, I just don't want other symbols. I want to yeah. use, I'd pay to use Zildjian. So that's pretty much why I keep using them. Um, that's great. That's really cool. And uh, yeah, as far as hardware goes, DW, uh, I, I bought it primarily because it would match my kit. But mm-hmm. but it really is the best hardware I've ever used. It's so durable and and thick and customizable, and um, so DW nine thousand or nine nine thousand one I forget what they call it, but it's nine thousand series hardware is just you know fantastic. No complaints. Uh, it's held up for. I got all I got this kit and and all the hardware and everything in two thousand and twelve I think. So yeah. Um, it is up. the best. It's like it's like brand new. Like there, I have yeah. literally, there's no nothing wrong with anything that I have here. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> brand new. Um, so yeah. Um, and then Sticks is Vic Firth. Uh, again, just because I was playing, I think um, it was actually I probably said this in our last episode about gear, but it was actually Wuv from Pod. Oh, was it? Um, That's I awesome. bought I bought his signature Sticks because um, I was a huge Pod fan. And then at some point I ran out of sticks. I didn't want to play these because they were like signed by Wuv, but um, <laughs> I ended up just using them and I loved them, yeah. like how they felt and everything. So I basically, I started using 7As, Vic Firth 7As because they are the closest thing to what Wuv was playing. And I've been playing mm-hmm. with those ever since. I was probably, psh, man, I was probably tw- 13, 14. Yeah. And started. I've been playing like I started with five A's, and then I, you know, switched to that as soon as I realized that Love Stick was way nicer um, <laughs> for me and not for everybody. But so, so I have a question uh, hypothetical. Okay, you're about to play a show. 
Oh, and if you're listening to this and you want to respond, uh, send us a message on, on Instagram because I'm I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this. If we can if yeah. we can find um, a more likely scenario than another. In other words, what are people going to pick? Sure. You're about to play a show for. Let's let's say it's going to be televised. You're going to be on Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Quest loves watching. You're playing with. You're doing a drum solo. You're you're brought on <laughs> okay. to play a drum solo, and you're going to play uh, a solo that um, you know well, and everyone's going to be impressed if you play it well and nothing goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And you will play it well. Um, if nothing goes wrong with your gear, mm-hmm. you get to choose one aspect of your setup. So in other words, you can only choose one aspect. Everything else is provided for you and it might be middle of the road. So like mm-hmm. you can only choose your cymbal setup or you can only choose your pedals and your hardware or you can only choose your drums or your in-ears or your sticks or your heads. So Jeez. what so what you pick what will determine what you pick will will help determine how well you play. In other words, if you're playing baseball bats for sticks and you're used to smaller sticks, you're not going to play as well. You're going to play a little differently. But um you know, if you choose if you if if you choose drums, then you you don't get to choose cymbals. Mm-hmm. Right, which you're yeah. gonna get a completely different setup. So it, you, so you have control over one aspect of what you play. Which one are you going to take control of and leave the rest to guesswork? Dude, like so, I can handle so it. So hard. <laughs> so so like when so if I were to to not choose sticks, yeah, would I get to choose a comparable stick size from another company? You're going to be given like, a random stick. Like okay. who knows what sticks, it's going 100%. to be. Sticks 100%. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would feel so. I, I would lose all my confidence if I had, like, like your signature stick instead of a 7A. Yeah. <laughs> to play the same solo. <laughs> I would just, I would bomb. But, so, uh, so yeah. even if, like, your cymbal setup was completely different, your drum, your drums that you are playing completely different, your pedals mm-hmm. that you are playing are completely different. Like, you can adjust all those things, like the height, the yeah. angle the tension of your pedals, but like you're saying that the sticks are the most important factor, them being right. Like they have to be right. For me, yeah. I would okay. say like heads are the least important. I would agree. Um, so I don't really care what heads are on the kit as long as they're tuned. Um, yeah. You know, symbols are tough. So symbols might actually, symbols might be next after sticks just because of sizes. Yeah. Because if a cymbal is an inch bigger on one side or an inch yeah. smaller, you're playing completely differently to yeah. to try to accommodate for that um, difference in setup. So cymbals are probably second for me, um, closely followed by pedals because, um, I mean, again, unless, unless you're getting a pedal that's comparable to what you're used to um, or very similar, it's going to react differently no matter what you do with the tension. Yeah. So um, that is a really tough question, man, but I'm, <laughs> I would have to go with sticks, I think, sticks, o- okay. over everything. Yeah. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with cymbals because of the point you made about sizes. Yeah. I, I have to have stuff there. It doesn't matter if it sounds like cardboard in the moment, like just to get through it, I need it to be the right sizes. But what if you were handed a, a, a pair of 7As? Would you go back on that decision? <laughs> no, I could handle it. 
Really? I could I turn them You're around. You're losing two inches almost. Yeah. At the end of your stick, and yep. the weight is like half the weight, and you would still feel. If I have my exact symbol set up, like sizes, bells, I could get them to the right position. I could deal with it. But if I don't have that, I'm going to be a mess. And I know that because yeah. it happened. That's <laughs> 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 just all basic experience. <laughs> okay. Minus the Jimmy Fallon and the playing live for, yeah. you know, a television uh, you know, audience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just putting it out there. If, if you're listening to this That's and you have an question. answer... Wow. Send us uh, send us a message. Just kind of a cool hypothetical. I love that. Uh, all right, we're gonna wrap cool. drum gear. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I that was. I hope you enjoyed listening to some of our stories about how and why we're playing what we're playing to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. Both Tim and I, and um, you know maybe at the end of this, you know, of course it's it's a fun, lighthearted conversation about drum gear, right? But I think at the root of it, um, we make decisions to cho- to pick the gear that we you know, choose to play. And maybe at the very least, this will make us remember and remind us why we chose what we chose. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe make some decisions to change some of those things. Um, because yeah. if you're playing a really terrible sounding drum set, it's not all that fun to play drums. Yeah. And um, so if you're like, wait, I think I want to try, like, Tim, you're about to put on these Evans heads. Mm-hmm. That could um, that could reinvigorate your love for drumming. Like, just revitalize it. And... It will actually, because yeah. you'll be excited about the way things sound, and I mm-hmm. want that for drummers. I want all of you listening that are drummers to fall in love with your drum set every time you play, even if you have a terrible session. Uh, you know that you're going to come back to it, and you might have a better one. And I think mm-hmm. I think gear plays into that. Yeah. Um, and and alongside of that, you know, people are looking at you and the gear that you have, uh, especially if you're posting online. Um, and so you know, think about that and use that to your benefit and the companies that you're playing too. Mm -hmm. True. That's great advice. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, we didn't leave a whole lot of time for our faith topic, which is a little sad because it's a great topic, but, um, but I think we can, I think we can talk about this and and have a good conversation regardless. So um, I've been thinking a lot about this. I, I'm a very nostalgic person. um, And I, I care a lot about, uh, relationships and and people and things that happen and so um even people that i've that i wouldn't necessarily call friends but just acquaintances if i if i've had something meaningful a meaningful conversation you know they still they they still hold a place in my mind um you know as important as you know something that i valued something that i took something away from um you know so this has been a weird, like, I mean, obviously 2020 was, was super weird. Um, and we were even just, I was just talking about this with my wife this morning, like January through March was like a different year, (laughs) you know, like after March, it was just, you know, like when you say 2020, I don't think of January, 2020, February, Mm -hmm. 2020, March, 2020, because it's just totally different. Um, but like recently I feel like I've been hit with, um, a bunch of different elements from a bunch of different times in my life. Um, so here's what's going on. I'll just come right out. So my best friend, since I was like 12 years old, we we've been in multiple bands together, written tons of tons of songs, and probably I probably spent more time with him and um, since I've been 12 more than anyone else in my entire life. Um, he just moved to Florida. 
Um, and it was really weird. Like I went, I went and visited him and like, we walked around his house where we spent most of our childhood and just like, it was weird being back there knowing that like, I will never be back here again. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so even the location, the place where I, you know, have a bunch of memories, even that was like triggering these feelings <laughs> that mm. it's like it's not even like my house like I, I didn't really grow up there but I guess I kind of did right. um and so like I was brought back to like all those times and all those memories and like you know saying goodbye to him it's you know with technology it's not really goodbye but you know he's not down the road anymore um you know saying goodbye to him was 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 strange and then like I think it was like the next day I saw a post from um someone um, I guess I, I, I would consider them a friend, but they were a coworker at like my first job that I had like a number of shifts with. And, um, we had like some meaningful conversations and she posted on Facebook that basically she has an aggressive form of cancer and it was like her goodbye message. She's like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I haven't reached out to anybody. Uh, I just want to let you know that I'm dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to put it out there like this, but like, yeah. I don't have another choice. And so, and it just hit me because I was like, I just immediately started thinking of the conversations that we had and the time that we spent together. And like, you know, like I said, like we never really hung out outside of work. Uh, I think she did like come to one of my band's shows, um, but like we never really spent a ton of time together. But it still like hit me, like she was still someone in my life that I had spent time with, and like mm. seeing that like hit me in a weird way. Um, and then like, additionally, like I was like watching some like old footage of like my high school band and that brought me back. And then I started writing music about that. And that took me into this whole nostalgic, like, so I was just hit with all these seasons in life. And then like the, the tip of the iceberg was just like, I literally have a a brand new baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I, it took me back to my, my reality right now. I have a brand new baby. I have a, a job. Um, you know, like like Mm -hmm. my mindset now is so different than it was even like three years ago or even two years ago. Um, just in the place that I'm at, I have this podcast, you know, um, Matt and I talk more than we ever have in our entire friendship. You know, it's just like, and, and so it brought up this idea of just seasons in life. Um, and I want to read a quick verse before we really dive into this, and it's from yeah. Ecclesiastes. You probably all know this. There was even a Simon and Garfunkel song about it. But um, it's uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 22. So here it goes. It's, um, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. This verse never really meant a whole lot to me growing up. It was just kind of like, I I just never really understood why it was as popular as it was. I don't know why there were songs written about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But now more than ever, do I understand the importance of this verse and I under, I feel like I, I like, so God is, is not human, (laughs) right? But he Mm -hmm. is at the same time because we're made in his image. And I've never felt more like since having kids and then like reading this verse with the perspective I have now, I've never felt as close to God in the sense that I feel like he understands 
everything about me, who mm-hmm. I am, how I feel. You know, in this verse, like, it, you know, God didn't write this verse, but it was written by Paul. Um, but it's inspired, right? And mm-hmm. and this is like when I read this now, I just like think about like, man, oh man, like <laughs> this is like so true. There is a season for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like like right now, I am in a season like I, we, my wife and I left our church over COVID, and we haven't found another church um, since COVID just because it's been so difficult. You can't really go to church right now. Um, mm-hmm. Only certain churches are like open. And so um, we've been in this strange season of not being in a church. I haven't had many uh, instances like this in my life. Um, and and like part of me at, at times, like uh, I start to get bitter about like things that happened or things that, that forced me to um, want to leave this church. And I find myself heading down roads of like actually discounting all of the good things that came from that season in my life. And so that's what I want to hit on today. Mm-hmm. There are seasons uh, for everything. In this case, there was a season where I was in this church, uh, involved in this church, uh, growing in this church. Now I'm not in that season. It's okay. Um, and what I'm, what, what I'm trying not to do is, is uh, to try to wipe out that season of my life like it never happened. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a battle mm-hmm. to be like the things I learned, the things that I was taught, the friendships I made mm-hmm. at that church, they're not it's it wasn't worthless. Mm-hmm. That happened, I grew, I learned, good things came out of those relationships. I, you know, good things came out of worshiping with those people and and hearing those messages. Um and I can't just remove that because something bad happened. Hmm. Or, you know, or <laughs> because I'm not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm curious to know how you feel or what thoughts you have based on what I'm saying, Matt, just because yeah. um, I know that you have, uh, we've talked about this, I guess, to some extent, just seasons in life and how you move through seasons. Sometimes seasons merge mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit as we're seeing right now with winter and spring. Yeah. Get over it. Winter, you're you're done. You're um, done. Get out of the way. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but uh but it's such a it's such a at least for me, it's such a great thing to understand. Uh and this verse helped me a little bit um to yeah. come to grips with like some of the emotions that I was feeling and, and some of the thoughts that I was having. Um because there is a season for everything, and even that last line, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, was uh <laughs> oddly mm-hmm. uh relevant for covid mm-hmm. um yeah, you know right. but uh <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to um, put it that was more of a joke than anything else but <laughs> like but yeah but based on everything this this uh conglomeration this mess of things that i've just said i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. curious to know yeah. what you're thinking yeah uh i like you am sentimental i look back yeah. on a time of my life when i was a kid and it feels like a different life Mm-hmm. I look at pictures of my mom and dad and I look at them now and then feels like a different life. I think this is a I think this is an important topic to talk about. The reason I think it's important is because today we are creating what will eventually be then, the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you forget that, then you're always looking backwards at what was 
boy, you're always looking forwards at what will be, but mm-hmm. what's now was the future at one point and will eventually be the past. You're writing that right now, what you choose to yeah. do today. And if it's a really terrible season, if it's a really sad time of your life, um, I think that this s- conversation serves to pick you up and mm-hmm. to say, um, you can sit in this for now and you can face it because you know in the future there will be a different season. Mm-hmm. This is not the end of the world, in other words. Yeah. It's really helpful to hear that when you're struggling. It's, it's really helpful to hear that this is not the end of the world. In other yeah. words, there is another season. There is more than this. This is not the rest of your life. And yeah. what that does is when you're in a terrible, t- you know, tough situation, it helps you not make irrational decisions and say things that you wish that you wouldn't have said and do things you wish you wouldn't have done. It helps you understand yeah. that um, not everything rides on this one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as critical as you think. Uh, and I wish someone would have told me that during a, a few difficult seasons of my life. Um, this is not the end of the world. So let me just say that if you're listening to this and you're having a tough time right now, uh, Tim and I have, have both had some difficulty and challenges over the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. Heartbreak and loss, that's deep, deep, deep-seated, and it still hurts. And I think um, I'll speak for myself um, there were there were days and weeks and months that I I wish that I I didn't have to feel that type of pain, but as I look back on it now, um, I'm grateful for that season, because the next season of my life, the season that I uh, that I'm in now, benefits from the fact that not every season is this season, right? Um, and I think this is the bottom line, right? Um. If you're going through a, a difficult time, you need to know it's not the end of the world, and this message can pick you up. And then at the same time, if you're if you're really experiencing a high in life and you're coasting along, uh, Christianity tells us that actually life's really not all about it being easy, and that mm. there will be seasons of difficulty and loss and pain, and when yeah. they come, you don't have to be surprised by them. Right. And um, it's not human nature to think about that. It's, yeah. it's human nature to need and, and contemplate and think about a verse like this when we are at a loss, when we mm-hmm. need answers. Uh, it is equally important that we think about it when we're at a high, when we are yeah. coasting along, because then we're prepared for that loss. Yeah. So this, this is a very, very, very relevant conversation to me. It, it, it hits me in the feels. <laughs> I look at, I look at, I look at, um, photo albums and I see pictures of myself as a kid and my and my brothers riding dirt bikes, skateboards, doing our schoolwork, going to local farm shows and fairs, helping my dad on the farm, you know, holidays together. And we can yeah. all relate to the feeling, right, that we get when mm-hmm. we look at our childhood, whether it's it's a good feeling, which yeah. for me it generally is, or or whether it's a painful one, which for many people it is. It's a painful season. Family, yeah. uh, you know, broken families and abuse and neglect and rejection and all the things that, that play into relational pain. Um, those things I, I really didn't experience as a kid, but I experienced some of them later on. Um, just the, the reality of growing up and, and, and having conflict with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I think that, you know, for me, what probably makes this the most true in my life right now is looking at my parents because I love my parents. I love my dad and my mom, and I look up to them so much. And you know how when you're a kid, you look at your parents um, through a certain lens? For me, it was they're superheroes that can do no wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I really believe that, like, they are, they epitomize um, strength and perfection and love, and they will do no wrong ever 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 Mm -hmm. even if they do wrong it's something i did or someone else (laughs) did they're perfect and then you grow up and you realize wait a second they're just people and yeah the perfect example of this is a a time that i was i was working on the farm with my dad and um we were we were fixing what's called a woven wire fence okay a woven wire fence it's kind of a kind of a pain in the butt farmer fence it's it's cheap Um, it does the job, keeps livestock in and hopefully pests out, at least people out. And we had to cut it to do, to do some repair work on our pond. Right. And when you, when you cut a woven wire fence, you can't just clip it back together. It requires certain tools. So we were using Mm -hmm. these tools. I had no idea what I was doing. I was helping my dad (laughs) and, and this, this tool, which pulls one side closer to the other so that you can then weld them together. The tool slipped. Hmm. And so there was a lot of tension, right? You're, you're, you're pulling an entire fence from the right together with an entire fence from the left, and you're trying to keep them connected so that you can weld them. And the tool slipped and went whoop. And, you know, this is pretty close to our face. And, of course, it's not a good outcome. So my reaction is, oh, shoot. And my dad's reaction is, oh, shit. <laughs> and I, I looked at him, and he looked at me. And he goes, I raised you right. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And in that moment, I thought, (laughs) my dad is someone I look up to more now than I did then. And the reason is not because he's perfect, but because he's not. Yeah. And because he's he's okay to show it in a time, in a season of my life, when Mm -hmm. I can handle it, right? It's probably not a great idea for him to be... um, saying something like that when I'm six years old. So he would say, oh, I've got shoot. some stuff to learn from him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Caden. This is, this is a broad the stroke. That I inflict. <laughs> yeah. Th- I'm not saying this is model behavior that all also model, but um, in my own life, it, it was, it was really neat to see my dad um, yeah. uh, determine when I when we were kids, what he was going to say around us, and then once we're adults, when we're in this next mm-hmm. season, I'm still saying the kid version in a fit <laughs> of like 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 imagine something that happens to you that you you, you can't really decide what you're gonna say. It's just word vomit. Yeah, that yeah. that's what happened. It was like boom, oh shoot, <laughs> you know, and um, and I'm still I'm still saying that. You're um, still saying it. Yeah. So, so dumb, and he's over here like. Yeah, oh my, this is terrible, you know? <laughs> like, there's reason for emphasis in this situation. This is not good. Mm-hmm. And it was just so funny. I looked at him square in the eyes, and, and he said, "You, I raised you right, son. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think when, I, when we talk about this, the, the, first face, the first face is the pop in my head of my mom and my dad. And 
Um, I think, you know, whether you're listening to this and you have, you've had a really good experience with family, you've had parents that have loved you, or maybe you haven't, but you've had someone else in your life that has stepped in and has been that father figure or that mm-hmm. mother figure to you or that friend that you needed. Um, when you think about the way things were with them 10, 20, maybe 30 years ago, that will, that will drive this point home, seasons of life. Yeah. Where were you then yeah. and where are you now? The last thing I'll mm-hmm. say about this is I was uh, I had dinner the other day with um, a couple and the wife had a, had a lot of terrible things happen when she was young. And um, she's now very successful in doing incredible things with her life. Her list of accolades is crazy. And you would have never guessed that she went through what she went through. Um, and the way that she talked about them is, is moving. And you can tell when mm. she talks about that season of her life that it, it makes her ability to do her job now um, fairly um, easy because hmm. she's gone through hell to get here. And it's like yeah. this, I'm really grateful for this beautiful thing that I have and I get to do. And it drives her to do it so well. And as yeah. I think about that, I think about a season of life that was hell and now a season of life that is just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah. and I don't know if she would say that she wishes she could erase all of it, but certainly in a point, like an argument could be made that if you did, um, she wouldn't, she certainly wouldn't be who she is today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I want to take that point even further. And I said this before, but like, I think the, the main takeaway for this, this conversation, this topic is literally don't discount the good things that happen in each season as dark as they may be. Because I can picture right off the bat when you said dark season, I pictured something very specific, a very specific season yep, me too. in my life that I consider the darkest time. And I still see all of I, I'm still benefiting from the good things that have come out of that season. And so whatever season you're in, um, enjoy it as much as you can, uh, because I even even thinking about the good times in my life, in most cases... <laughs> like the, the times that I refer to as, oh, yeah, those are the best times. Those are the greatest times. Can't we go back to those times? <laughs> in those times, I was like thinking, I can't wait for this. That's or, right. Like, remember when I was younger? Those <laughs> yeah. were the best times. You yeah. know, so like I want to be able to, to live in the moment to an extent as well. I want to be able to say this is the best time of my life and I'm going to enjoy it to the fullest. And I'm, and I'm going to take as much out of my past as I can the good things, the friendships, the relationships, the conversations, and despite all the bad, I am going to take it and I'm going to make it my own and I'm going to remember it and I'm going to hold on to it. Hmm. And, uh, and so that's where I want to end with this. I think it's just, yeah, that's great. I really like that. I really like that, Tim. Uh, this has been, this has been really good. Thank you for bringing this up. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. This was fun. So I guess as per usual, if you guys have any comments, I know Matt threw a really good question out there during the drum topic, so make sure that you hit us up on Instagram or Facebook or uh, Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com if you're an email person. I'd uh, love to hear your answer to that <laughs> question because that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm, I am an email person for work. <laughs> Otherwise, I avoid it at all costs. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, keep using that hashtag, holyghostnotes, on your drum grooves. Uh, yeah. That's that's about it. We've got merch up on our website, theholyghostnotes.com slash shop. If you're interested in becoming uh, more involved in the podcast or supporting what we do here, um, we are fully uh, funded by our inner circle. 
Um, they're the best people. Uh, you can learn more about that, patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. Um, and I actually have a new shout-out real quick to Brandon Vitro. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome to the Inner Circle. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for, uh, for keeping us going here. Absolutely. And that about wraps it up. That's it. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, yeah. everyone, for listening. And uh, we always end Thank the you. same way on here. If it's your first time, right. we say the word peace. We're about to do that right now. Oh, yeah. You bet. Peace. Peace.